1: Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Still sitting four feet from me. Another day, another week uh, has went by. Kevin's still here in town. Keep his coach in your prayers and all those things when you travel all over the roads. Uh, lift up his vehicle situation and and uh, um, and just that God would do a great work in those areas. So, Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Happy Monday. How's it going?
2: Hey, it's going great. I'm living the dream. Just uh, semper gumby, as the Marines say, always flexible. I'm in a yeah. different place I expected, but it's all good.
1: It's all good, man. It 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 all equals a lifetime, and uh, yes. that's what we're all shooting for. Just serving God. So we could, you know, I forgot to look up a tribute question. Uh, so I think we're going to make this real easy, and we're just going to uh, make the trivia question, what is the 15th book of the Bible? So I'm going to go in here and look. Oh. Uh, well, He's quoting this. And I'm not himself. allowed to look, am I? No, brother. Okay. This is, you are the trivia man.
2: Okay. Uh, so I'm going to have to count on my fingers here. Uh,
1: yeah, that's all right.
2: And, and let me see.
1: All right. And <laughs> they have them arranged alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.
2: It would be right First right Chronicles
1: be um, Esther. You know, brother, I don't know whether that's right or not. I can't find my phone now. <laughs> 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 I I think I was one book behind you on that. Let me check. Okay. So we'll say. Uh, okay, so i got to turn my phone back on for a minute. Folks, we'll be ready next. I'm letting you guys down on this whole thing, but uh, let's see. So we're going to say 15th book, my Bible, that's it, alphabetically, of the Bible. So let's see with this. Ezra. You know, he got Ezra. real close, but folks, we, we oh, can't, we wow. can't, we can't give him a half credit on that, you know, but I have a feeling he's coming back. I, I sense some great things coming out of this. We continue on. We've been looking at the life of Christ. We've, we've been looking at words and things that came along with that. And today we came up with human weakness, this idea of being infinite, God's omnipotent. And I remember years ago, Kevin, that, uh, uh Pastor Morose and I, uh, Pastor Morose was the church planner who came to Heidelberg made a huge difference in my life. My first sending pastor, my ordination authority, uh, who ordained me. And, um, I remember he came to the church and him and I were looking for a church building. We just couldn't get a good building the first year or so. And we went looking for a church building. we went to this one church building and there were some folks there who were renting the building. They had left drum sets and probably 600 cassette tapes on the counter that said who we are. And uh, so we grabbed the cassette tapes. The building didn't fit us. They promised to give us every drum set. They, they promised to give us everything there in the building. And, uh, uh, anyway, to make a long story short, we plugged that cassette tape in, and we were driving down the road, getting ready to go look at another building, and the preacher came on and said, "God is <laughs> impotent." Opposite. And he kept on saying, God is impotent. And he would preach for a while and say, God is impotent. And I thought to myself, that's why there's a dozen drum sets there. and 600 tapes on the counter. And God's not impotent. Trust me on that. God, hey. God is omnipotent all-powerful uh god alone is all powerful (laughs) and uh, uh the bible says in matthew 19 26 but jesus beheld them and said unto them with men this is impossible but with god all things are possible. It says over in Luke, kind of the same thing, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Uh, It says over in Psalm 147, God is our Lord in great power. His understanding is infinite. So God can see well beyond what any of us could even imagine. God knows things that we can never know. God's all knowing. We know He's omniscient, right? We know uh, He's all knowing. We know He's all powerful, omnipotent. We know uh, omnipotent. We know that uh, He's omnipresent. He's with us at all times. And there's about three hundred omnis, as I told you. One day we're going to get to that. There was three pages in a book that I opened up one day looking up that word. But Kevin, you know, we have this human weakness. And we can only see so much of every situation. It's not a fraction. It's not a spot in the world. It's nothing compared to what God is.
2: No, compared to God, we are we're nothing. And that's a good situation because nothing is all God has. Is is needing? He, he just needs. He needs. Re, he needs reality. He needs us to be admitting our weakness. Paul said this. He said in. 2 Corinthians 12:9 and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I was just thinking while well, you're talking the greatness of God manifests through our weakness. You know, um I, I, if all God really wants is a medium it, it's kind of like a you know a candle In in the Bible, they had these oil lamps, and um, these oil lamps had a wicking agent, and the wicking agent was made of flax, typically. And Jesus said, a a smoking flax wilt thou not quench. And talking about just the weakness, God finding people traumatized. You know, a bruised reed, will he not break in a smoking flax will he not quench we we have a god and we have a savior who can come to us desiring our weakness desiring us in our weakness to come to him with our weakness so that he can use us because a wicking agent is just a medium we don't have to be great. We just have to be empty. You know, a wicking agent. Just you know, the the science. I remember the science of it is capillary action. Action. You you dip it down in, and the oil chases itself up along the threads, and that's what makes the wick great. Guess what? We're just a a um, we're just a nothing. We're just a, a hunk of string that we can dip into the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Spirit and the Spirit loves to, be, to, to go along the channels of our lives and our minds and our hearts and our souls and our strength. You know, it says, Love the Lord, the God with all thy heart, mind, strength, and soul. That's all that, Those four things are the channels, the mediums that he chases, and he delights in the fact that we just have nothing to give other than the, the raw humanity of a broken life, And uh, Doug, God knows how to come into a broken life and fill it and use it. Yeah.
1: So when you get worried about whether or not God can handle a situation, he's all powerful. If you get worried and say, well, maybe God doesn't have all the facts there. He's omniscient. He's all knowing. And uh, he's omnipresent. He's with you always. Now, that brings me a, a great feeling to know that God is with us right now. Whenever yeah. two or more are gathered in his name, no matter when we call on him, the Holy Spirit of God is within us. So we serve in the omniscient, omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, wonderful God today. And that's the God you get to serve. And so when our human weakness comes, remember God says that if we get out of the way of our weakness, it gets to be God's strength through us. And Mm. don't try to be everything. Let God be that person in your life. We continue on with the life of Christ and it's, it's so exciting. And, uh, I, I always enjoy an opportunity when we get to sit down and look at God's word and and grow. We've been looking at the book of John. We're wrapping up John 13 today. Uh, we're actually in uh, uh, John 13, starting in verse 33, and it says, Little children, ye are here a little while, and I am with you. Ye shall seek me, as I said unto the Jews. Whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I has loved you, and that ye also love one another. By this shall all men that ye are, know that ye are disciples, if ye have love for one another. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, whither thou goest? Jesus answered him and said, that, Whither I go, I can't not follow me now, but thou shall follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And look at this verse here in 38. Jesus answered him and said, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, listen, listen up. I say unto you that the cock shall not crow until thou has denied me thrice, three times. And, and, and there's so much going on here, folks. You know, the, the Lord's ministry here on earth is getting ready to come to an end. People are asking questions. Judas is selling them out. Peter is saying, Lord, I want to go out with you. I'd lay down my life for you. I'd do anything for you. You know, folks, I've been that guy where I've said some of those things and, and and man, my human weakness and my lack of faith has got in the way. My, uh, you know, having to stretch outside of the boundaries of my mind or stretch outside of the boundaries of what I'm willing to do or stretch outside of the boundaries. Uh, of, you know, the people I work with, those I'm in a relationship with. And, but Jesus says there's a new commandment. Uh, love one another as I have loved you. He said, let's add to the commandments here, and, and let's do this whole love thing. You know, I need you guys to love one another. He's sitting there preparing to leave. He's preparing for his departure, and he says, I need you guys to love one another. I need you to be in a different place. And I believe God's saying that to us today. Hey, hang with us. We'll be right back.
0: return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
1: So the Lord, he, he kind of raises this flag up and he says, you know what? The mark of discipleship the mark of somebody who's following me the mark of somebody who's all in the mark of somebody who's who's serving it is gonna be this love. There's a new mark of this and the love for one, one another is gonna it's gonna distinguish Christians today, even, back then and today even. Our love for one another, our care for one another, uh, the way we look out for one another is gonna distinguish us, Kevin, from the rest of the crowd. So he's getting ready to depart. He he's talking about them about some things and he sits there and he says, Listen, here's a new commandment.
0: Mm.
2: You know, this reminds me, Doug, when I was in the marching band, well, in band at all in high school, um, as a trumpet player, we had a, a really winning band. We, you know, there was band competitions. <laughs> I mean, it was a big thing. And we, uh, I think we won state, we won states, um, in our, in our conference, but, that we had a really winning coach, so to speak. He was the director. His name was Mr. Hackenberg. And he was with the East Pennsboro Area High School Marching Band from probably the late, maybe the late 60s, early 70s, um, all the way until about 78. Well, in 78, I want to say it was about 78 when I was about 16, that Mr. Hackenberg stood up one day and he said, I uh, have an announcement, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And we were just floored. We just could not believe that this winning leader, and I mean, he was a. Um, he was just a, a really good guy, yeah. And uh, he was one of these leaders that t- you know, like a good coach, a good football coach. He took an interest in his students, and he tried to kind of help us along and as, as as people too. Anyway, when he t- when he said that, we th- there was the people in the band that did not go to class the rest of the day. They were just wow. so, so broken that this guy is leaving, but. You know, he didn't say, hey, in my absence, love one another. He didn't, he didn't have any good information like that. I think he did try to give a, a stirring, you know, like, hey, go win. You know, don't, you know keep, keep at it. But here's the Lord. He announces in these last closing chapters of the book of John toward the end of his life. I mean, this is a mere, you know, 24 hours or something before he's going to die. And he says, uh, I'm leaving and yet uh, a little while I'm with you, you shall seek me, and as I said of the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. Mr. Hackenberg went to Haddonfield, New Jersey, and took another mm. band there. We couldn't go with him. We had to stay, and another fellow, uh, Mr. Rohr, came about 24 years old, and uh, just a young pup, but he did pretty good with us, but uh, anyway, Jesus, like you said, Doug, left behind some instructions. And the instructions was, in lieu of you being able to follow me, which you can't do, you need to stay here and promote love amongst each other. And Jesus said in another place if the Lord goes away and the servants start to beat one another while he's gone, he's going to come in such an hour as you think not, and it's not going to be good. You know, you know, Jesus is coming soon, and boy, does he look mad. You know, that's the saying I read on a bumper sticker, Jesus is coming again. Boy, does he look mad? Well, I do know this. He's not going to look mad when he comes for his own, but he is not uh, – He's wanting us to love one another in His absence. He wants us to continue on, and there's no way to foster the continuation of what He does than by looking at the people that we can see visibly in the pew next to us, the people, the servants of God, the pastor in the front of the church, other people, and just just flat out love on them, flat out say, Lord, thank you that in that while I can't be with you yet, I get to practice loving you by loving these people around me. And uh, God just gets in it, don't you think? I think he does. And, and, you know, there's so much that word love. I mean, that's
1: we need to reflect on that you you need to reflect on what's i I guess we call that process today and it's more of a younger term for it but this is one of those (laughs) things you want to reflect on these are one of those things that you really want to take in and study and, and say god help me to love it's the mark of a disciple I want to be a disciple of God. I wanna and then you know you got this impetuous Peter. It's almost like the word impetuous has the word Peter in it. That's in it anyway. <laughs> but, thought you, of that. but but Peter just jumps up again. He's wanting to know all kinds of information. He he's eager, he's impulsive, he's all over it. And like us, like us, Peter. Has this human weakness? He has these things he thinks in his mind. We used to have a a a comment that we always used to say in recruiting: and uh, under promise, over deliver. You know, Mm -hmm. if you if you say you're going to be there at seven, be there at quarter of seven. If you you know, bring a cup of coffee for the guy, hang out with the person, check on them, do those things. Under promise, over deliver, and you know, our human weakness. I'm telling you, here Peter is talking to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, and, and I know he knows who he is because I remember the Sea of Galilee and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what man or a man. They got it. He's God. They're not. Mm-hmm. And here's Peter making all these promises. But if we put those in real terms today, I can't tell you probably how many times I said, Lord, if you help me with this, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got no right to do that. You know, I have no right to make a promise with God to make a deal with God. Uh, the ultimate deal has been made. So I think, Kevin, we we need to reflect on the importance of remaining steadfast. I think we need to reflect on not being so compulsive and eager as Peter here, and, and just ask some real serious questions, Lord. How can you help me? How can I do this better? I think there's some examples. You know, we. We deal with this hypervigilance with PTSD. I, I was talking mm. to, to someone today and their spouse is just going through the fire and, and, and they're right there in the midst of, uh, of, of being like Peter. You know, everything's mm. about them, everything upside down. The whole world is upside down. But, but can I say something to your friends? If we can take a breath and trust God and look at God and say, God, you're all about love mm.
2: and you got me doing this.
1: I mean, Kevin, he's, he's given us what we do in life. We just need to trust him. And, and slow down a little bit.
2: Yeah, slow down a little bit. Yeah, you know, so often trials and suffering and trauma is is allowed to come into our lives to break us of ourselves. Peter was all about Peter. <laughs> you know, yeah. In the time before, he, you know, Jesus called it a conversion experience. He said, when thou art converted, he was already saved. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So his his problem did did get fixed as far as we can tell. There's not a whole lot written about him after, you know, in the book of Acts. We see we see in the beginning, you know, uh, God greatly using him, but uh, we know he's faithful unto death. But Peter was all about Peter in these in these you know pre-Pentecost days, and um, when Peter took a stand oftentimes it was based on the strength of his will but, you know he kind of boasted about his will lord i will never deny you lord i will not let you wash my feet lord far be it you know he just he just <laughs> just stuck his own will out there and i was reading in colossians where it talks about it's ungodly to have a show of wisdom in will worship will worship and you know these it says is in in be careful the people that indeed have a show of wisdom in will worship and denying uh, the flesh, and but really it's your satisfying the flesh, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So, will worship, like Peter was doing here, in a sense where you're saying, "I will never do this. I will do. I will take a stand." That's God's got to break us of that. It doesn't have a place in the kingdom of God. Jesus Himself let out. In his trauma, entering the Garden of Gethsemane, and what did he say? He said, Lord, I would like this. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If Peter had just said that, he would have been fine, but he didn't. He stuck to his guns, really meaning he stuck to his will. The, his, he worshipped his own will, his willpower, his the strength of his, you know, self-will was something he held dear.
1: You know, folks, and I've been there, and, and I'm certainly some of you have been too, but this is that human weakness. The bottom line on all this is human weakness. So today, make it about God. Uh, lean on God. Let your weakness be his strength. We do love you. Thanks for tuning us in. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about letting not your heart be troubled, so not being afraid. May God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name, while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us.